The views and opinions expressed by any hosts or guests of WJMS Radio do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to WJMS Radio or the show hosts whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Speaker Box on WJMS Radio, radio reimagined. Ah, (laughs) it's my first day on the job, I swear. What's up, everybody? Welcome to WJMS Radio. This is your girl, Jams. I am so excited to be with you guys. Oh, how long has it been since I've been live on any platform? Good God. (laughs) It's been like, I don't even know. I haven't done sound off in a while. I haven't done we out here in months. Like I've just been kind of maintaining and and living my life, but I'm excited to be with you guys today. This is the inaugural episode of the speaker box series, uh, show podcast platform, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the speaker box is basically going to be, um, a really great open platform show for interns and hosts to really just talk about the things that they want to talk about. Um, and this is going to be something that is ongoing. Every week is going to be something different. Uh, there is no shortage of things happening in the news nowadays, so we shouldn't have any issues finding topics. Uh, but number one and main priority is going to be for this show to be for the interns. You know, if people don't know, WJMS has a healthy group of interns that come in every single semester. Uh, they all work in various different avenues, whether it's marketing, social media, music, uh, administrative. So they all have their own little areas that they work in. But the one thing that I wanted to kind of bring to them was a more robust experience for the internship. And a lot of these kids come to me and talk about their desire to have a podcast or to be in the industry or to get experience in the industry. And one of my interns um, that I'm going to credit for creating this entire show is named Elena. She was with us last semester and she had this idea that she wanted to talk about the music industry and how streaming has changed things and how um, stuff is going. And so when she told me that idea, it kind of just sparked this idea for Speakerbox in my head. And I wanted to create my own platform anyway, you know, like I have time for that. But in general, what I really wanted to do was talk about stuff. But you know, my shows are we out here and sound off. And some of the times the things that I want to talk about don't fit into the platform of either of those two. And so I was like, okay, well, I want to have this conversation. I want to talk about this thing that's happened. I want to go live about X, Y, and Z, but I don't feel like the rigmarole of creating a show and creating a flyer and doing all of these things for it. Um, So speaking with Malena and hearing her talk about how passionate she was about the music industry and the stuff that was going on, it really just was like the glue that like sparks the rest of this idea to stick together. And I was like, yes, I was like, I'll create this show and I'll create this platform that for the interns gets to be a creative project where they can choose whatever topic it is they want to talk about and create themselves a segment and create a podcast. And then they can say that they've had a podcast on a real radio station that gives you the most, I don't know how to, how you get any more experience um, than actually having a podcast on a radio station. So that was it. And and from there, I, I launched into this idea of putting it all together and creating it. Um, and so tonight is our inaugural episode. And I wanted to kind of give you guys that synopsis of where it came from. Uh, and I thought nobody more appropriate to join me on this platform than my girl T here, who has been a WJMS regular. If you guys remember to my diehard fans, she was the uh, co-host of uh, what was our show called? <laughs> <New> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forgot. New Reviews. 
I was like, did we have a name? Did we change it? It, it? it was a limited series. It was only like five of them. Yeah, you know, but we also got hit with COVID. So Skewed Reviews was a movie uh, review show, which was going great until, you know, the movie industry sort of died. Um, but in any case, you know, I thought who more appropriate to be on this episode of Speaker Box than My Girl T? Because one thing that we've been missing is our ability to have conversations with each other. Um, and that was probably one of my favorite highlights, you know, of the show was was watching you launch off into your passionate spiels about the industry and what was going on and how things worked. And it was like just the, the spark, you know, that you brought to the show. So I thought I wanted to spark this show off the right way and in a great way. And so I figured you would be the most appropriate person to be on the show with me. So everybody, all the WJMS fans, welcome to Speakerbox. T, thank you for being with me tonight. And you know, how are you doing? And how are you feeling? How's everything? Well, thank you for having me. I, it's always an honor when you ask me on. Um, I thought you were asking me on because we've known each other since college. So with the <laughs> interns and all that, I was like, oh yeah, we went to college together. We both ended up in media. Um, but yeah, no, um, things things have been all right, and things are changing in the uh, media industry and in film and television, and um, it's it's a most times it's a battleship, you know. It's just it's just such a big machine that when it comes to such a screeching halt to get it going back again, um, there's just there's so I mean there are so many pieces involved, especially in the production aspect of stuff. Um, taking everyone's safety into mind because I mean, it's yeah, it's that. Uh, well, well, where do you want to start? Because I can, <laughs> I can go in all the directions. We can talk like you know how it's impacted um, viewing. You know, like obviously, I well, are movie theaters open where you are? Yes, I will say I say the the word open loosely um, because. They're open, but they're not really playing anything, you know, like that's the thing that gets me is like they're they're open for business and like the, you know, everything's good to go. However, there is nothing that's really happening. So like it's confusing because I, I want to say, yes, they're open, but I, I also want to say no, because I mean, nobody's going to go and see the stuff that they're playing right now, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so reason for that is distribution. Right. So like if if Warner Brothers decides that they're not going to release any of their stuff to the theaters and they're just going to put it all on, you know, HBO Max or whatever, then yeah. that means anything coming out of that studio, it's not going to be able to be played. Also, we are in, like, right now, the, the months that we're in, all the stuff that was slated to have been done with production, post-production, has all been pushed back. So, you know, like, even Wonder Woman 84 was done months and months and months ago but they decided to push it back and and figure out like the most optimal time to release it and all that kind of stuff so that's just that's what i mean by like this thing is just such a battleship of you know one thing like this one thing has affected everything down the line and we're going to continue to see it because we're already seeing it with the changes of video on demand release dates and versus theater runs now you and i had actually it's funny on you and i had actually talked on skewed reviews about um, like the Irishman and we were talking about uncut gems as far as why when you were back in New York, you could see uncut gems before I could in DC yeah. because it was, <laughs> because it was limited market release. 
And so all of these things are, are a factor. Um, but I think the thing that is affecting it the most is the, you know, everyone's concerned about safety. So some movie theaters have deployed this idea that like, hey, you can take everyone within your pod and within your family, you can have your own event in your own theater, but just you people together, you know, like everyone in your quarantine bubble or whatever can go here and see this thing and you can you can essentially rent out the theater for that. But then there's this uncertainty of this idea of going into a theater where, you know, you don't know the person next to you. You don't know if they wear their mask on the regular. They may be wearing their mask now with you. You don't know if you're more at risk sitting next to them, even if the guidelines are, you know, 12 feet apart and all the, the safety measures that they're going to be putting in place or theaters put in place as they start to open. But the conversation has been interesting, like on the inside of, well, how does this, how is a movie going experience any worse or better than a gathering in the sense of, um, say like a, a communal service, Yeah, you know, whether that be a church or a community center or, you know, live performance, like why is it that people hesitate for movies when they don't hesitate for these other, or they're wanting these other things. Um, also with like state regulations and guidelines, why is it that this particular group of people can open their their doors and stuff and this group cannot uh yeah. if we're talking if we're talking purely like space and capacity then you know they're not different than each other if we have a venue that can hold 100 people and you say 25 percent capacity but you know it falls under this category versus this it doesn't um so yeah i i mean so i think you had said at one point you had gone to you were going to see something because I know you were missing your Alamo Draft House. Uh, uh. <laughs> you had gone to see something, and I, I remember, I mean, because we haven't had theaters open, like they shut down in March, and that was it. They haven't even oh, yeah. opening them up again. Yep. And I was like, tell me, tell me, what was it like? <laughs> I was like, it was terrible. I went and saw, I went and saw Tenant at AMC because it was oh, out yeah. and the AMC was open, and it was like, you know. I mean, I will say I was happy to be back in the theater because if you remember, I think it was it. I think it was we out here where I went on a rant about movie theaters and how it's yeah, you can stream them at home, but there's something about being in the theater and being in the dark and seeing it on the big screen. Like it's the experience of being in the movie theater that you know is what I was missing. Not necessarily the seeing of movies. I mean, I have a movie collection that could rival any Netflix queue. So like honestly, it's not about the movies. It's about the experience of being in the theater. And so going to see Tenant was uh, number one risky. I knew it was like people were going to be like, "Girl, you got lung cancer? Are you out in the movie theaters?" Like, yeah, I was. You know what? Like, listen. I, I've been all over the place, honestly. I wear my mask, I wash my hands and all that kind of stuff. And God <laughs> has kept me, so I'm good with that. But like, I was, I went and I saw Tenant, and it was just like, first of all, the movie was confusing as hell. But second, it was like the movie theater experience. <laughs> it was the movie theater experience itself. It was, it was sad because it was like, all right, I'm in the theater, but it's like you got to keep your mask on. So it's like, but you're eating popcorn and drinking soda. So it's like you're trying to like sneak the straw under your mask. And then it's like you're lifting your mask to eat your popcorn. And it just really felt like an exercise mm -hmm. in futility. Like this is pointless. Like I 
should just take this mask off and eat my popcorn, you know, but it was, the theater was spaced out. You know, I went with Frank, of course, but it was like, they weren't having anybody. You weren't allowed to sit like, I think AMC said it was something like two or three seats between every person. That's how they, number one, how they hit their capacity um, limits and stuff, but also how they kept social distancing. But it was funny because like, you can't sit next to people, but people can sit behind you, which I think is more dangerous than sitting next to somebody because somebody is breathing straight on you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I would rather somebody be sitting three seats to the left or to the right of me than somebody sitting directly behind me, regardless if they're six feet behind me or not. Because if they cough, if they laugh, if they you know, exert any form of air from their body more than just breathing, it's going to travel in front of us and hit us in the head. You know what I mean? So like for yeah. me, it felt kind of like pointless. And it made me want to sit more towards the back of the theater. Like I want to sit where nobody can sit behind me, you know, just kind of put myself in my own bubble. But we also went late at night. We didn't want to go during the day when there might be more people. We were like, let's try and hit like a later showing. So like the theater will be even less filled. Um, but something, something was definitely missing from the experience. It was, I will say I was happy to have my popcorn, but I was sad because it just felt different. You know, like even though I got it back, it felt different. Yes. I'm missing the Alamo draft house, like crazy. Um, but it was just, it wasn't the same, you know, and I wonder if we'll ever get back to it being the same again. Well, I mean, there in theoretically, right. With, with the vaccine coming out and all this, there will come a time where like, there's no longer this threat of this, this thing that could potentially make people sick and, you know, any more so than the normal germs and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But the question is, how do you change? Like, because right now, what's most damaging is that a lot of people are out of fear. You know, a lot of people are are coming up with these ideas of what the experience is like and what they think might happen. And you know, the reason the reason why I don't think movie theaters will die is because exactly what you said. You're like, you know, I miss the experience of it. I miss because I don't, you know. I don't have a, a setup at home where I can listen to like Dolby Atmos and stuff. Like it, yeah. it's never going to be recreated. And when these, you know, when these m movies are made, they're mixed in a way for that theater experience. Yeah. You know, that can, you know, that can change, but that's not the point of it. And so I think that movie going is going to be more experiential you know, and it was starting to be like that because like you said, you know, we have access to so many streaming services and we can watch this stuff at home. People are watching movies on their phones, you know, yeah. so to just kind of like binge watch that, that media and just take it in is one thing, but the experience of going to a theater as a group, which I, I warrant, um, I applaud, not warrant, I applaud the the companies that were like, you know what, we want to, we want you to recreate the experience with your loved ones. So go ahead and rent out the theater and you can experience that again safely. Um, but I just, I, I see a lot of people talking about like, you know, movie theaters are going to die and yeah, maybe the, the dime a dozen factories churning out, maybe, maybe they will, maybe art houses will have a resurgence, you know, because it's a very curated experience of going in and being like, oh, well, you know what? There's just this one film that I want to go see in the theater because I can't imagine not seeing it elsewhere. Let alone the fact that, like, you know, Tenant was, um, because of where Tenant 
Excel in the production realm, there were prints, there were 70 millimeter prints of Tenant made with the intentions that they were going to be shown, you know? So like the, again, cause I know we've talked about before the difference of digital versus film. So, mm-hmm. you know, like you're not going to be able to see film film, you know, at, at home. You're, you're yeah. not a projectionist. You don't have the equipment for it. So what do you do? You go to these places that offer that. So maybe that, maybe that's a resurgence. Maybe they go, you know what? We used to offer 200 films a year. We're going to only offer, you know, 20 films a year on film, on actual film. And then we'll, we'll figure out the rest will be like repertory stuff. You know, it'll be something from 15 years ago. Like, oh, you want to come watch Home Alone again? And stuff like that. <laughs> I Although am, Home Alone was like 30 years ago. but It was. It's kind of crazy. But I am very disappointed in how few drive-in theaters took advantage of the fact that they pretty much had the perfect opportunity to resurge and like take over the industry. I think I saw, I posted something the other day about a young black family that opened a drive-in theater in New Jersey. And please, if you're in New Jersey, New York, Philadelphia, any of those areas within that nucleus, please go to this drive-in theater because like, I was super happy to see that. But I kept thinking to myself, like, yeah, this is where the drive-ins come in. This is where the drive-ins make a comeback. This is where, you know, we have come back to the drive-in, you know, theater realm. And it didn't happen. And I was just like, for the movie people, not the movie people, but for the the companies, you know, like the the digital companies and all that, send your films to the drive-in theaters. You literally can get people to come back out again. Honestly, like that's the safest way to do it. You're in your car. You know, you could bring your own food if you want to, or you can pay at the concession stand or whatever. But there are ways for you to have showings of your movie and make the money that you wanted to make. Like it it just made sense. And I was so surprised and so saddened at how little (laughs) the drive-in theaters are doing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like they were in business, but I mean, it's the same as AMC's and Regal's being in business. They're playing old school movies, movies that you've probably already seen or movies that are literally playing on Netflix. So you're like, like, you know, if that's the case, if that's the situation, do I want to go and pay to go watch this movie? Like how much of this experience am I really missing that I'm going to go pay and watch this movie that is actually on Netflix right now or a movie that I've already seen two or three times at this point because it's an older movie. Um, So I just was really disappointed in the lack of, you know, drive-ins that have popped up across the country to to take over. (laughs) I just could have sworn it was going to be the resurrection, man. I was like, yeah, this is it. And no. Well, I mean, it has in some ways. So, um, not as large scale as you would like it, but you know, you gotta also like you gotta remember logistics of like buying a projector, having you know, having all the equipment to be able to do that stuff. Because um, it was something that you know, in my circle of people and in industry, we we talked about. Um, also, film festivals over the summer went drive-in. So I know Mill Valley Film Festival. Uh, shout out. They actually did their whole, I think it was whole festival, it might have been a combo, but they did um, drive-ins, like they built drive-ins for this, because they're not, you know, like they're, they're a festival that happens, and they were like, okay, well, we don't want everything to be virtual, you know, it's during the summer, it's in a place that the, the um, temperature is such that we can do it and all that. But if you look also, because I know we said we were going to talk about like live events just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say in November. Now, now here in DC, uh, RFK Stadium, 
they have actually created a drive-in setting. So like they had like Donnell Rollins was there um, doing, you know, like stand-up comedy drive-in style, which is something that you're starting to hear about, you know, the solution of, of live performances. How do we get to get back on stage if we can't get into these closed-in venues? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, this is what I, like, it's really awesome and fascinating to see all these ways that like we're trying to adapt and we're trying to change and, and figure out ways to make things work. And it will be interesting to see how much of it sticks in the future versus, you know, how much of it just kind of fizzles out. Um, but I mean, all that, like if you, so if you think about now, I haven't heard anything about this, but you were talking about like eating the popcorn and stuff in the theater. Well, think about what people are doing now with like the, the dining, the outdoor dining and these bubbles that they have. Yes. What if they find some sort of thing for that, like in the theater? I mean, I don't think that's necessary, but if you get people that are really that concerned about it, especially a place like Alamo where it's not just, you know, concessions and drinks, it's food, food that yeah. you're coming there to eat um, that gets like brought to your table, having you know, even partitions set up much like at grocery stores where they have like glass and stuff like that. Um, I think, yeah, if I you, mean, um, have you seen IPIC? Like you've ever been to the IPIC theaters, like the IPIC theaters? They're, no. they're like similar to the Alamo Draft House and like to the Dine in Theater franchise. But I went there, I went there one time and it was like, they give you like blankets and pillows and everything, but you get like, mm -hmm. you have like a pod, almost like, it's not like a pod pod. Cause like, it's obviously open so you can see and hear the movie, but like everybody's got their own little two seater couch. And they have like their own little section. There's like a wall behind you and everything. So like people behind you can't see you um, oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like they kind of if every if any theater was going to be equipped for something like that, the IPIC theater franchise, I think would be. But I, I think they may be closed because they were obscenely expensive. Um, but like I think that they would be the ones who actually would hit the nail on the head because like all they would need to do is kind of set up some kind of like plastic shield or whatever to kind of keep people more in their pods but they had that sort of situated already in their theater so i'm like that's not you know unreasonable it's already here in some places so that's kind of interesting right, right. and so, it's just about adaptability and what the yeah. market is asking for you know because there are some places there are some places and there are some markets that are just like forget it i'm just gonna go i don't care whatever yeah. you know i'll go <laughs> sit in the seat you know but then like just as as a moviegoer i know people like, I know people that will not go to a theater if it doesn't have, you know, like, you can select your seat or oh, it doesn't yeah. have, like, the, the recliner chairs. Uh, we're so bougie now. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, it's experiential, you know, like, if, I, if I'm going to pay X amount of money for this, you know, for a ticket when, like, I could just stay at home, which I mean kudos to movie theaters because they they recognize that a long time ago like that stuff's been around for years like at least a decade that right. i that i have memory of um now not every but again not you know not every theater has that not every theater does that so maybe in this time there are theaters that do end up closing and it is the more outdated ones it's the ones that couldn't be adapted to like tearing out some of the seats and replacing them with with more comfortable seats or things like that. Um, oh, that was part of the reason why my movie going experience wasn't that great out here was because the two movie theaters that are in Savannah, Georgia are AMC classics 
And what that means is they are classics. They are the original yep. <laughs> theaters. Like that means there is no recliner seats. That means you're talking original movie theater seating that is bolted into the floor with the seats that flap up and down. Like that's the kind of seat that you get. And you don't get to reserve your seat. Like they don't have that capability. It's literally like going to an old school theater. So I think that yeah. partnered with the fact that it was like trying to eat popcorn with a mask on and drink your drink with a mask on. And it's like, you can't, you already couldn't really talk to anybody in a movie theater because it's loud. But now it's even worse because if you try to say something with a mask on, it's just like, what? What? Like, it's it's awful. It's awful. So it was just, I think that I've just been spoiled. <laughs> and so, you, you, you have been yeah. spoiled. <laughs> I have. And, like, and the other thing that makes me mad is like all of this compounded into my movie going experience. It was the fact that I had to pay for my movie ticket. You know, like I had movie pass. And I was had every intention of getting the the AMC like you know first pass whatever the heck the AMC pass was called. I had every intention of getting that when I moved here because I had the the movie pass in New York and I was at the theater every weekend like for no because yeah. I didn't have to pay for it. It was like I paid fourteen bucks a month and I saw seventy two movies a month. Like it, for people like me, that ticket was not helping them at all. Like that wasn't making them any kind of no. money because I was going to the movies regularly. Like I'm surprised they didn't know me and be like, hey, Jamie, yeah, all right, get, get her the popcorn and the drink that she always gets. Like I was a regular at that theater. So the fact that I, I went to the AMC theater and I had to pay for my ticket and I knew if I wanted to see another movie, I was going to have to pay again. I was just like, 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 it really just made me angry. So I'm like, all right, that's my privilege show. And let me check that at the door. But in any case, like, the whole experience was just different. And, you know, yeah. The one thing I will say about live events is I did see a picture on social media that they shared about, like, what concerts were going to be like and, like, outdoor concerts. And they had, like, everybody had, like, little two-seater pods or whatever. And it was, like, two-seat pods with, like, your own little section. I was like, and with seats, no less. I was like, that actually doesn't look bad. Like, <laughs> if that's what the future yeah. of concerts is, I could get down with that. Like, I am not upset with that at all. Because it was like, yeah. normally when you go to concerts, you're standing up. It's literally like being, you know, at a protest. Like, you're just standing up. There's people all around you yelling, screaming, waving their hands. And you're just kind of in the in the wave of people. You know, having your own little section with seating at a concert, very ideal. Not upset with it. <laughs> I was like, roll that one out. You could take my money for that. Um, well, well, then what happens to, like, the experience, because I enjoy going to concerts in smaller venues, and, you know, yeah. DC has has a plethora of smaller venues, which I really love and appreciate, and I miss them very dearly. Um, but, you know, like, what happens to that experience of, like, the song, you know, like, a song comes on that the whole crowd knows, and everyone just starts, like, the energy is going, and everyone's, you know, yeah, there with each other. So, oh, you go. know, it's like there are going to be things that are going to be lost of that, especially, well, being being someone that's, that appreciates metal and harder music and stuff like mosh pits. I can't even I can't even imagine because like knowing what happened in the pit before, I can't even imagine being in a pit now or, or yeah. going forward like. <laughs> it's not going to be the same. You can't mosh pit from your pod. Like, right, there's, right. there's no I possibility. Have, <laughs> I may have, like, I may have gone to my last Killswitch Engage concert ever because, you know, like, the experience of it is, you know, getting in there and, and being with people, you know, versus, like, uh, I can, you know, I can stream their stuff and enjoy it on my own. But, like, being there with everyone is, is something that you cannot replace, you know? Yeah. So... 
Well, and then also like a social, there is a social aspect. So I don't know about you, but I've gone to concerts where like I've met people just because we're around each other and we start talking to each other. And this is a, you know, you, you have a common interest because you're there, you're both there or you're all there, you know, groups of people, you're all there for a reason. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you end up like knowing each other beyond that night. And these are unlikely friendships that you didn't, you know, you had no other business meeting this person and knowing this person. That's something that like, isn't gonna, isn't gonna be there anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, and it's, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, well, it could still be there if you go out of your way to make it happen. But how many of us really want to do that? Like, hey, you and your pod over there, let's talk for a second. Like, no, I'm, I'm good, like in my pod over right. here. You know, that's, right. it does take away a little bit <laughs> from it. Right. Well, and then, so, I mean, someone like me, like, let's say, let's say they gave us, um, God, now I'm just, I'm just going crazy with this now. Like, let's say, let's say everyone had their, their, their bubble, right? Like yeah. their um, hypoallergenic bubble and like, you know, you're going around. So like you can, you can freely travel and I would be that person that would like bump into another person's bubble and be and make some sarcastic remark and like join that way. But, you know, people are a lot more protective right now of like coming into contact with people, people being too close and all that kind of stuff, Yeah, you know, because it's like, oh, uh, like you, you get tense and, you know, this, this is the stuff that needs to go away. Like this is the stuff that we, that needs to stop because once that feeling stops once that fear stops people will be more open to the idea of going into these spaces again you know and being like oh yeah we are all human beings it's okay to be close and and you know share a space in that way so yeah i can picture you being like in in a what is that not a bubble but like there used to it was like a wrestling like those one of those sumo wrestler comp like costumes where like you just like inflated <laughs> like you're just yeah. like bumping into people like what's up what's up be my friend be my friend like <laughs> pretty accurate that's pretty accurate I, I know it's accurate you don't even have to tell me <laughs> I know we've known each other forever you know that I'm that weirdo <laughs> what's up what's up be my friend be my friend what's up? What's up? <laughs> knocking uh, people okay. over. <laughs> No, but yeah, there's that there. I do miss that, that concept of, you know, being drunk in a nightclub bathroom and like meeting some random girl and just being friends with them forever. Cause like they gave you compliments while you were drinking. Like, you know how it is in the club. Like, it's like, it's, we're very friendly. Women are the friendliest you'll ever be in a nightclub bathroom. Like when you're drunk and you're in the mirror and you're like, oh, and they're like, you're so beautiful. You're like, oh my God, dang, you should be my best friend. And like, you're, you'll stay in touch with that girl for years for no reason. But the nice conversation you had in a club bathroom while you both had too much Patron, like it's hilarious. Like that's real life. <laughs> and that won't happen anymore. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever tell you the story about, um, about going to see Questlove at the Howard Theater? Oh no, but I got to hear this one. So basically same thing. So I was at the Howard Theater, Questlove was doing um, a DJ set. And so I'm just on the floor and I went by myself. I'm just on the floor and like, um, I was wearing a blue hat that night and this will this will come into play later, wearing a blue hat, but I'm just standing there and I'm just like, not really talking to anyone, just kind of scoping out the place, feeling the vibe and all that, <laughs> these acts leading up to it. And then I'm um, towards the back and 
like the dance floor starts to fill in and people start to get excited and then like quest love comes on and I don't know, a couple songs into it, all of a sudden I get this like tap on my shoulder and I turn around, I look and this dude smiles at me and he goes like this and I'm like, and so he was like, come here here for a second. So I'm like, I'm like, is he security? Because he was wearing like a, you know, he was like, he was too overdressed for this event. So I was like, what's going on? Long story short, um, I ended up going so the way that the howard theater is set up is they have these like two balconies on the other side mezzanine whatever the whatever the proper term for them is um the guy led me up there to like some section where a private party was happening and stuff and he led me up there and like i i see where i am and he goes and he taps this other woman on the shoulder and she turns around she's like you made it and she comes over and like gives me a hug and i was like here i am (laughs) And like, come to find out, she was just standing there having a good time with, you know, in her private party and everything. And like, she looked down, she saw me and she goes, told my husband, I said, see the girl in the blue hat? She's my friend, go get her. And I had never met this woman before in my life. And like, so her husband came down and was like, hey, come on. And like, I went up to the VIP section. Her name is Beverly, Beverly, I miss you. (laughs) Like she was great like we're sitting there she was like you reminded me of a friend back home so like we took a selfie together and she sent it to her friend and all this stuff great time but it was one of those things where it was just like somebody was like that person i want that person to to be my friend and come with me no business knowing this person but like the, right. the mother the mother in me is like so you just went with this strange man to the vip section and just trusted everything was going to be okay <laughs> Like, <laughs> but you know what? You also know me, and you know that like risk versus reward. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> I'm gonna put that on your tombstone one day when you get killed for following a strange man into an alley <laughs> because he said, "Hey, come here with me for a second and you're like, "Okay," and you just went with him. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, I mean, what? What is? What is life if it's not adventure? Come on. <laughs> but that's hilarious. Uh, but you'll oh, yeah. always keep in touch with Beverly. You will always remember Beverly. Like, that's how it works. Like, you meet these people by happenstance, whether you're drunk in a club or whether you're randomly approached at a concert. And now all of a sudden you're BFFs. That's how it works. Right. It's life. Right. <laughs> so, so that may not have happened if you had your own little pod at a concert. Like, she might not have identified you as the one. <laughs> I say it like that. <laughs> because, like... <No. laughs> That one. She's that the one. one. I choose her. Like, like she's shopping for <laughs> That's the one down there. Go get her and bring her to me. Blue hat. Go, yeah. Oh my blue God. hat. Go get blue hat and bring her to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, anyway, so we got about 20 minutes left before I wrap up. And what I do want to do is transition a little bit into the future of WJMS and where we're going. Since it is 2021 now, we made it through the hell year that is 2020. Not saying 2021 is going to be any better. I'm not putting that pressure on the year because we did that last year and look what happened to us. So 2021 is going to be what it is. And I'm just going to be in here and I'm not going to touch nothing. I'm going to come in quietly and sit down and that's what I'm going to do. But anyway, what I'd like to do this year with WJMS in the year 2021 Um, I have a bunch of different things on the horizon, a couple of different partnerships. Um, The main thing that I want to do is I am looking into grants. 
So if anybody knows of any grants, mind you, I'm not in New York anymore. So I do have a contact in New York who sends me stuff for grants, but I'm like, I'm not there anymore. So they're not going to award that to me because I'm not based in New York City anymore. Um, but I'm going to be looking into grants because one of the main things I want to do is really start putting the wheels in motion to get the WJMS warehouse up and running. Um, and I don't know if I've ever talked to anybody about the warehouse, which is basically like that idea that gets your heart all a flutter because you're just like, oh, my God. It's so exciting. Like I have this idea um, for the radio station, like the headquarters, the HQ for WJMS. Remember that get that game, by the way, HQ that we were all playing for a while. That's crazy. Anyway, I digress. It it was a phone game. You don't remember somebody somebody watching right now remembers HQ. It was like every day at like five o'clock or something or whatever. There would be like this trivia game, and like you had to survive. And if you survived, you won like some fraction of a pot of money. And like we were playing that game heavy for a long time, but Anyway, I digress. So the headquarters for WJMS is going to be, yeah. I know, right? Not to confuse HQ with headquarters, but anyway, there's going to be a warehouse there. It's going to be two levels. Uh, the main level obviously is going to be like the open floor space, which I use, would plan to use as an event space. Um, I have plans on the decorations and all this is, is an NDA. So if you're listening to this right now and you hear it, you are not allowed to take my idea and recreate it for your own. I'll punch you in the neck. And I, yes, I mean that. <laughs> I, I don't think you can I don't think you can threaten violence in a in a written legal NDA. I, I I've never signed one yes, that said that, but okay. <laughs> yes, I, I can. Mean, I'm, I'm also not your attorney, but I would just like to throw that out there. I'm not sure. There's a disclaimer at the beginning of this show for a reason, but I will punch people in the neck if they steal my idea. So that being said, no, I do want to look into renting out this warehouse and making it the WJMS H HQ headquarters where hosts can come and actually host their shows and like rent out office spaces and stuff like that. I want to have multimedia rooms where people can come and do different stuff. So if you're into green screen and photography and all that, like I want there to be space for everybody in the community to kind of do what they want to do. Um, at a price that's reasonable and a place that's accessible. Because a lot of times people want this experience and want to be able to do these things, but they don't have the money to get into a recording studio or they don't have the money to get into a professional photography studio and stuff like that. So I want to have space in this warehouse for everybody to do what they want to do at a cost that's reasonable um, and make it a space that's accessible to everybody. You know, so that's kind of the plan. There's decorations and, and ideas for the backgrounds and ins and outs, but I'm not going to give you guys all my ideas because somebody will steal this idea and I'm going to be very upset it. about it. So keeping some of this closer to the chest, but just know that I am looking to rent out a warehouse and I'm looking for grants to hopefully help me fund said warehouse. Um, I have some partnerships in the works with a couple of different colleges. Hopefully Howard comes through for me. That would be great. That's one that I'm working on right now. But also I have a partnership with Columbia College of Chicago to potentially create an intern funnel system where they send interns on a regular basis to the radio station to get hands-on experience doing the things that they want to do when they get out of school, which is exciting. Um, it takes away some of the searching part of, of finding interns because a big part of it is, is actually vetting out and searching for interns who are looking for the experience. So having these partnerships with these key schools is going to make it a lot easier to get students who are serious about what they're doing in place at the radio station to get the experience that they want. Um, so I'm excited about that. And then I'm also going to be hiring this year for a marketing manager, freelance part-time marketing manager with a, a stipend every month that you get. You'll basically be a contractor for the radio station, um, but you'll be working on our marketing and you'll be working with all the hosts individually and really packaging up our shows to shop them out to advertisers and sponsors and stuff like that. 
Um, so that's one of the main things or a couple of the main things that I'm looking to do with WJMS this year. We are officially five years old and it's time to grow and it's time to expand and it's time to be bigger and better and more er, as uh, my good friend Tashi would say. So that's kind of the plan and the course trajectory for the radio station for now. That's my my couple of nuggets that I'm looking at working on. Um, so fingers crossed. Hopefully next January we'll be able to have a, a reunion show and I can sort of check off all these things that I actually accomplished, which will be great. Um, but really that's that's kind of where I want the station to go at this point. You know, like we've put a lot of work into establishing ourselves as a brand and establishing our show, ourselves as an industry and a platform. So at this point now it's time to sort of expand and start to really, really put our reach out there a lot further. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm excited about. Yay! <laughs> have and, you? I know you're in Savannah now, so have you reached out to um, SCAD? Yeah? I have not, believe it or not. They haven't really been kind of open <laughs> a little bit. They've, they've oh, been mostly well. remote. Yeah, because there's Savannah. There's, Savannah has a lot of colleges in it, actually, but a lot of them are now, like, remotely doing things. So communications have been scant, if you will. Um but yeah, there's definite conversations to be had because once I do get this warehouse in place, I'm going to definitely want to have key partnerships with the colleges that are in Savannah who can then create interns, who can work at the, at the warehouse and stuff like that. There's, it's a whole plan. It's a whole plan. I have no yeah. doubt you're scheming things always. Always scheming. Always scheming. <laughs> but anyway, so. Are there, is there anything else that you want to talk about? So remember, Speakerbox is open platform uh, show. So you literally can talk about anything that you would like or any closing thoughts for the rest of the episode here before I wrap it up. Um, I know I put you on the spot. No, it's fine. I got one. Remember when we were talking on the phone and you were like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. I could never do a show and blah, 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 blah. And this, that, and the third. And now here you are doing a show with me. That was, oh my God, that was several months ago. Yeah. It wasn't December. It wasn't December. I think it was uh, November because I was, I had just started working at the new job and I was at the old job. So it was sometime between October, November time. <laughs> okay. That's only like three months ago. Yep. And I was like, I'm going to have to trick you into like just talking about stuff. I hate you. And here we are. We had a whole show. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I, you, you did. You know, like you're. You know, I'm. Not, I'm never gonna not be loyal to you. Like that's that's not fair. You 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 preyed on my loyalty. I love you, and yeah. I'm not gonna. Oh, I did. I knew you weren't gonna say no. I knew you weren't gonna be like. No, I was like, if I ask her to be the guest on this show, especially the inaugural episode, she's going to be like, hell yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, because it's Jamie. I'm going to do it. I'll do it. So I was like, I know I got a in-the-pocket guest who's going to be super dope and amazing. So why not use it? <laughs> oh, well, well, we'll we'll let the listeners decide that. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <I'm nothing>. <laughs> oh, somebody's uh, commenting in the chat says, Tina, hey, girl, somebody is somebody is your friend. Oh, it's Sade. All right, Sade. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. much love to you i think she yeah she's but, still uh, watching <laughs> yep. um yeah no uh as far as like live events and movies and all that kind of stuff goes um as someone that's that's on the inside 
I I have to say, you know, there are a lot of us that are working hard because like we we got into it because we love movies. And I'm I'm just going to go ahead and say this for anyone that's not in the industry. Um they may not understand that like you have to love doing this because a lot of it is just slogging through. You know, it's <laughs> 17 hour days. It's you know, like it's 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 not something that you do for for fun, like just for fun fun. Um, so, you know, like we're, we're working really hard to make sure that, that you guys can have movies and have a movie experience again. Um, and I really, you know, I really do hope that we get to a, a point where people do feel comfortable coming back to theaters. And I hope it doesn't, I, I hope it only stokes the creative process as well. You know, how people adapt to how people are watching movies and just, media content in general um streaming and all that kind of stuff like i i live eat breathe and dream about this this stuff so it's really it's important to me and and i want you guys to know that you know like if you have that passion don't let it die because we're (laughs) we're working on it (laughs) so Yes, you will. You would always have me at the very least at the theaters. If there's nobody else sitting in the stands, I'll be sitting there eating popcorn just because I'm happy to be there. So you got one. <laughs> at <laughs> least one. Popcorn. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I literally will go watch anything if you buy me popcorn. Literally. There's been like, like going back in time. I've been on so many dates where guys thought they were slick and they were like, oh, I'm going to take her out to dinner and then we'll go to a movie so that when we get to the theater, she's not going to want anything. Joke's on you. <laughs> Even though you just fed me dinner, you still have to buy me popcorn because that's part of the process of going to the movies and I won't go to a movie without it. So, yeah. <laughs> like, um. Me and popcorn and BFF. We always have been. I know. That's, that's how I pegged you for being from Massachusetts. We were in that comm class together and you said the word popcorn or you were explaining to someone how you said it and they called you out for your accent. And I was like, I know her. What? I don't remember that at all. See, it's dangerous the amount of people I have in my life that have stories about me that I don't even remember. Like, Sharday is one of those people that, like, I can never let leave my life. She just knows too much. <laughs> <laughs> Again, yeah. you can't be threatening people on air. Yes, I can. <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> and I can do uh, what I want to do. <laughs> this is an open platform. What did you not understand? Exactly. Exactly. That's the point of it being open. I can say what I want and I can threaten to punch people in the neck if they take my ideas about my warehouse. Simple. <laughs> but anyway, That's- yes. That. So what? People are making fun of me for how I say popcorn? Uh, you were telling a story about you said popcorn and your accent had come out at that point. And what did somebody, I say, popcorn? no, you said it the Bostonian way. Popcorn? What the hell? I don't even. So I lost my Boston accent in college on purpose because yes. Chardonnay and other people like her were making fun of me for my accent. And they were like, oh, say car, say this, say that. And I was like, what you're not about to do is this for the rest of my life. And so my Boston accent went away quickly because I was tired of getting made fun of. And now I don't even remember. There are still certain words that I say weird, like room. Apparently I say room weird. Room. Room. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, we, I mean, we get that's that's another that's another thing entirely. Going about <laughs> going back to our roots as to how we lost our our accents, but yeah, that's it is what it is. I still rep Boston to the day I die, but that accent has been gone for a long time. That's what the, people like. You're from Boston, you don't sound like it. I'm like, if you want a Boston accent, call my mother. 
Like she'll give all you, she'll give you all you need. Thank like, you. Thank you. <laughs> she'll give you exactly. the whole accent. She'll give you more than you want. You won't understand a thing that's coming out of her mouth because her R's are gone, you know, but yeah. not me. <laughs> favorite, favorite is when you call them and you're like, mom, speak to this person so they hear the accent. They're like, I don't have an accent. And you're like, oh, yeah, you're there like, you go. There it is. <laughs> now there I catch my mom off guard with it. She'll say something and I'll just repeat it back to her. And she's like, she'll just start laughing. And I'm like, you know, you know, there's ours in there, right? Like there's a few yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few that you left out, but they're still loved. They're in there. They're like the redheaded stepchildren of the, <laughs> the English language from <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, I digress. So, Tina, thank you so much for, I'm sorry, T, thank you so much for being with us. Everybody knows who you are, girl. Like, why are we hiding? I know. <laughs> we know who you are. T is short for Tina, for, for the viewers that didn't know. <laughs> I mean, she already put it in the chat and said, hey, like, your name is out there. It's not me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, but no, seriously, thank you so much for being on this episode with me. It's the first ever episode of the WJMS Speaker Box. I am really, really excited for this platform because I know what it can mean and just what it's going to be, um, especially since next week I have the first intern episode and it's going to be about the music industry. So I'm going to be premiering Malena's episodes about just streaming and how it's changed, you know, artistry nowadays, because things are a lot different than they used to be, you know, with peddling your mixtapes out of the back trunk of your car. And now it's like, you know, you throw your mixtape on SoundCloud and it gets shared a couple thousand times and all of a sudden you're viral, you know, and then you're a hit. Um, so she's going to go into in depth in three different episodes and talk about the music industry and the st I guess the state of affairs for the music industry, if you will. Um, but I'm excited for her episodes to air. I'm excited for you guys to hear some of the quality of the interns that WJMS has, because we really do have some good ones that come through these doors. Um, but I'm just, like I said, grateful that you took the chance to be with me today and to have this conversation. I'm thankful for all the folks that tuned in and gave us some comments and some likes and who listened live on the station platform itself. Uh, so again, this will happen every Thursday at 6 p.m. We may not always be live. Sometimes it'll be a podcast. Sometimes it'll be not me. Um, so just keep in mind, this show is going to be ever-changing and the conversations are going to always be different, but they're always open. So if you're a guest watching right now or listening and you are interested and you need a platform to talk about something, that's what Speakerbox is for. So connect with us and figure out a way to get on air with us. And we will be glad to help you get your platform to speak. All right. So much love, everybody. I appreciate everyone. We'll catch you all next time. T, I love you, girl. We will touch base offline. You know, this is not the last time you're going to be on this show. Of course. <laughs> I know. I know. And Thank you for having me, though. Of course. And to everybody else, be safe out there. Wash your hands and all that good stuff. And uh, stay safe. And we will see you next time right here on WJMS Radio. WJMS Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. See, we keep it real. We always gonna keep it real. You can't knock what's real, you know what I'm saying? We telling the truth, man.